1: Good evening and welcome to Who's Your Order podcast. I am your host, Sammy Jacobs, along with us as co-host, TJ Inman. And uh, there has been a lot of Indiana football news lately uh, in terms of coaching cha- coaching changes, the transfer portal. Uh, we knew it would be a busy offseason, uh, but man, I did not see uh, Kevin Peoples leaving, who was the defensive line coach. And Kevin and uh, Charlton Warren. I know people want Kevin Warren to leave too, but Charlton Warren leaving uh, as a defensive coordinator heading over to North Carolina. So we do have a lot of impact uh, players coming in through the transfer portal as well. Connor Basilak, the quarterback from uh, Missouri, uh, committed to IU. And then you had two linebackers as well commit so it, it is gonna be a busy show we hope that Matt weaver on to discuss all this if not it'll just be uh TJ and myself uh TJ how are you doing? Uh number one number two uh, is this a busier off season than you expected for Indiana we expected a busy offseason but it's a little bit busier than we expected
0: yeah uh doing very well uh thanks everybody as always for listening Uh, we are recording this one day after uh the 2021 uh, college football season wrapped up with uh, a pretty fun title game and uh you know a new champion that was uh i i think what stood out the most about that game not that we're going to do analysis you come here for iu talk but what stood out the most and it, it kind of relates to um indiana is the speed of those two teams stood out to me um i'm not talking about just skill position guys i'm talking about all over the place uh the speed along with just the massive human beings playing on the defensive line uh for georgia but uh the speed of of those defenses um that just jumped off the screen we knew it was going to that that no, no surprise, but Indiana has really addressed that on the whole with the recruiting class that they're bringing in, which I think is is huge. I'm not at all suggesting, oh, they're going to be as fast as Alabama or Georgia. No, but I do think it's going to be a much quicker team uh, based on guys that they brought in. Um, as far as the how busy this offseason has been, I think everybody was hopeful that there would be changes at at least two spots and i say everybody i should say most people were hopeful there'd be changes at two spots one of them offensive coordinator that happened very quickly Uh, we discussed walt bell before so we won't go there number two was offensive line coach darren hiller best we can tell uh, it's going to be retained and stay on staff Um, i don't think anybody was really expecting uh, a, a change at defensive coordinator or at defensive line coach. I think it's fair to say that those two spots, Kevin Peoples and Charlton Warren. I think it's fair to say the jury was still definitely out um, on those guys. Uh, short tenures here, and I I, I was a bit underwhelmed so far uh, with what they had done. However, it's hard to pin last year's defensive performance on any one entity. Uh, it's hard to pin it on the defensive line, even though we can look and say, man, there wasn't much of a pass rush and looking at advanced statistics like stuff rate, um, you know, which kind of measures your success in, in short yardage situations as a, a line it was really poor. I mean, IU was bottom third and and you know sub 100 in a, a couple of those key defensive line metrics. But how much of that is Kevin People's fault? Hard to say. The defense, you know, definitely did not get as many takeaways as they did in in the year prior, um, and basically regressed across the board in statistical categories. And I don't think you can point to very many individuals and say yeah they were much better in 2021 than they were in 2020 on the defensive side of the ball but how much of that was Charlton Warren's fault hard to say the defense was put into very tough spots by the offense repeatedly so at some point they understandably get demoralized the stats look worse than what the defense actually was there were injuries so very hard to say but i think it's fair to assess it as underwhelming thus far however not a position that you expected iu to make a move on and, and they didn't uh by all accounts kevin peoples left for missouri um, just as a you know a move to the sec you understand that for sure And then Charlton Warren, I think, uh, never quite seemed like a fit uh, with the rest of this staff. Um, And it manifests itself in him kind of looking for a a mutual way out. Um, I don't want to suggest he was fired because there was no indication that he was, but it does work out for Indiana because I don't think that that was going to be a good long-term fit a defensive coordinator, and IU doesn't have to pay the buyout money. So, in short, yeah, it's a surprise that this has happened, um, but I, I do think it could be a very fortuitous turn of events for the Hoosiers because I think there's quite a bit uh, to be excited about with uh, the hire of a of, uh, you know, staffer from Minnesota that's had a lot of success, uh, Chad Wilt coming in as new defensive coordinator. And while IU hasn't made the official announcement, it appears he'll be coaching linebackers, which leaves uh, defensive line coach spots still to be filled. Uh, I think that there's quite a bit to be excited about just with that change. And I, I can't say that I'm you know, broken up about either of those two guys departing.
1: Yeah, I I just found it more shocking. I didn't expect it. I know people would are clamoring for more, uh, more moves, especially on the the offensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, it's it it is what it is. But yeah, it didn't seem like Charlton Warren wanted to be at IU. Uh, That was made very clear on, um, with a tweet from, uh, from Kevin Wright, yeah. uh, you know, it kind of, I don't even think it was a veiled shot. That was a clear shot across the bow. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. to people and, and things like that, as far as, um, Chad Wilk coming in, he's coming in from, from Minnesota. I think, um, you know, he he's had success. He's never had, a defensive coordinator, uh, name you know, title to his name. He has been a special teams coordinator and a recruiting coordinator. But um, yeah. you know, and I was looking up the statistics for the for the Minnesota defensive line. They had eight sacks in twenty twenty, uh, and he's been there for two years in twenty twenty. All by the defensive line, uh, and then they had twenty five. Uh, last year. Now the the numbers on where they rank in the big 10 are not going to, you know, knock people's socks off. But if you look at the talent that they have, uh, he's bringing in talent. IU has he brought in talent there. Uh, he could develop that talent. He's put guys into the NFL at, at every stop, uh, I believe as well. So, you know, we'll see. And I, I think having a defensive head coach like Tom Allen, um, who can – I don't want to say hold your hand because that's kind of like not like a football thing, but, you know, kind of walk you through, this is how I want my defense run, this is what we're going to do, um, and kind of have that, uh, you know, hey, we're not going to run this this play here and, and play calling experience and all that stuff. Maybe Allen is, is more involved in the defense because with Charlton Warren – it, the defense was solid early on, and, and I get they got worn down, but they, it was not like Kane and Kane, uh, when Kane Womack was calling place. It, it was, they it looked like they tried to go straight up uh, against offenses and things like that. And that's just not a recipe for success at IU. You're going to have to put in some, and you, you saw it on the offensive side of the ball, and we we've seen it for, you know, forever at IU on the offensive side of the ball, uh, outside of some of the Mallory eras, you can't go straight up against power Big Ten football teams at IU and, and expect to win. You, you have to disguise blitzes, become creative, do something. Because, yeah, IU's recruiting much, much better at um, an all-time high, but they're still not recruiting at the level of Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Penn state and those teams. And you got to give yourself an edge somewhere. And that's going to be coming in, in, uh, in scheming and coaching. So hopefully, um, you know, for, for Tom Allen's sake, that this, this is the, one of the hires that works out. We'll see who they get on the, the defensive line coach. Uh, it could, I, I'm surprised that he's coaching linebackers because that could have yep. been one of those, you know, two for one hires, that maybe frees up some money. And, look, I know people want Darren Hiller gone. I don't think he's leaving um, this year outside of somebody to come poach him. But I also think, look, we, we've hammered uh, Hiller a lot, and I, I think he is part of the problem on the offensive side of the ball. But I think a lot of the criticism um, is overly harsh. Uh, I, you know, the, the offensive line – played poorly and things like that, but it's not the first time in the history of college football or football at any level that an offensive line has played poorly and it's up to your offensive coordinator to come up with plays and do that. And Nick Sheridan didn't, and he paid the price. So let's get to uh, the players uh, who are coming in TJ. um, Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. One thing on Chad Wilt, um, the, or a couple of things really, you look at the players he's coached, and I'm not going to say, oh, they are in the NFL because of him, but you know he's a part of their success. That's that's what a coach does. He takes a guy with tools and helps him maximize those tools. At Ball State, Jonathan Newsom, uh, drafted in the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken, um, goes to Maryland. Uh, coaches Darius Kilgo. NFL player, and Yannick Ngakwe, very good NFL player, uh, and, and Ngakwe was uh, all Big Ten first team when, when Chad Wilt was there. He was a monster uh, for Maryland in 2015. Uh, helped Army, which is you know not an easy place uh, to get really good defensive linemen, but they had the number eight total defense when he was coaching there. Was in Minnesota, um, you know, their' top two recruits coming in this class, so guys that he was solely responsible for uh, for helping to bring in the top two recruits are both defensive linemen. So that's you know the best two recruits coming into the program rankings wise are guys that Chad Wilt was the primary guy on. Um, so I think that there's a, a lot to be excited about there. And of note, maybe to some of our listeners there. Uh, Chad Wilt played at Taylor University in Upland, Indiana. His dad was to coach at Taylor University. So, uh, you know, possibly some common ground with Tom Allen there, with uh, um, you know, Christian school, dad to coach, uh, and, you know, maybe a bit of a, a common tie there that might make him a, a little bit better fit uh, than, than Charlton Warren was. I think the big thing, though, is, this is a guy with a ton of experience in this area of the country, Uh, something that that Charlton Warren did not have, which again, IU recruits, lots of places, Florida, Georgia, you have to go there and get good players. So that's, you know, that's going to continue to happen no matter who it is, you would hope, but the coach and his family have to be comfortable where they are. Um, And that's, bloomington that's central indiana that's you know the midwest um they've got to be comfortable with that and there's no doubt that chad Wilt clearly is uh, going to be comfortable with that so i i think there's a lot of things that on paper make this a hire that really does make sense the defensive line part that's an interesting one um you know we can't really name oh candidate x but I do think that switching Chad will to linebacker tells you that Tom Allen has a guy in mind that he thinks he can get that he really wants for that specific position coach role. Yeah. Uh, I, I that's connecting some dots, but I do think it's, you know, very possible that that's the case. And, um, I mean, I can tell you, one name that it's not going to be that I saw you know, posted Hagan. on message boards, it's not going to be Mark Hagan, and it's not going to be Ed Ogeron. I can't believe people are legitimately wondering if that's something that would happen. I, I mean, I'll, I'll gladly you know, come on here with our next podcast. If it is Ed Ogeron, I will gladly come on here. Say Mia Culpa, I was wrong for doubting you pie in the sky people and you know, yay raw and poop snowballs and dance around naked. I would gladly do that. But there's just no way that so, that is the type guy that's gonna be coming here to coach the defensive line.
1: I'm um, so happy. But, home video call in. <laughs> um
0: no, yeah, well, yeah. I said, I said I would happily do it. I didn't say anybody had to happily watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. To
0: do that, um, I don't think we'll worry about it because it's not going to be at Ogeron. Yeah, like, uh, it, it's going to be a guy that we don't know. We'll have no clue whether it's going to work or not. I mean, let's be honest about that. We're not going to know. But Tom Allen, I think, clearly has somebody in mind uh, that he thinks would be a great fit for that particular spot, or I don't think you make the move uh, and have Chad Wilt coach the linebackers instead of yeah. defensive line.
1: Or you um, know, but- you know, if you swing and miss on that guy, you can always move Wilt down to to. Um- D line coach too, and be flexible that way. So, um, you know, Allen also coaches linebackers. He's been the linebackers coach in the past. So maybe it's one of those yeah. things where they, they both handle those duties and and he helps them with the defensive coordinator duties and, and to try and lighten the load of, of the transition. So, um, it, yeah. it's really interesting. So let's, let's get to the players, uh, the players here, because I, I think IU really came up uh, nicely with with um, with Connor Bazilek and Jared Casey, the linebacker coming on, up from Kentucky, and uh, Miles Jackson, not Miles Jack, coming back from the NFL, um, but Miles Jackson out um, from UCLA. Uh, let's start with Bazilek. IU needed a quarterback once Michael Penix hit, hit the uh hit the portal. And it wasn't it wasn't that they needed it because there was no talent left. I think Jack Tuttle and Donovan McCully are very talented. I'd like to see them in an offense where the offensive coordinator tries to like scheme something up. Um, that's good. And, and maybe has an offensive line who could block somebody without getting them hurt and things like that, and a quarterback coach who will develop them. But Connor basilac he's, um, he's a 2020 co-freshman of the year in the SEC. He's got a, a solid arm. He's decent at scrambling, but he's not a runner. Uh, and, and, you know, he's coming off a, a knee injury. At, I think it was at the, the beginning of the 2021 season, but he played in 11 games or a hamstring injury. Uh, something uh, hobbled him uh, at the, you know, during the year and, and things like that. But, um, you know, this is a move. Indiana fans, again, were were clamoring for a quarterback change. And then all of a sudden they went, no, 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 not that one. Um, so yeah. it, it's the, the, the fan base one needs to take a full stop and take a deep breath um, because they did get, a solid quarterback Connor Basilak is somebody that they recruited at a high school. They're familiar with, they think they could work in their system with, Um, you know, he's, Missouri wasn't great, but they made a bowl game. They knocked off LSU in 2020. Um, You know, he's throwing, he completes a a high rate of his passes as well, which is important. You know, even though he's thrown some interceptions and Walt Bell's offenses will, Kind of take care of that part. Uh, he's completing upwards you know, close to 65, 67% of his passes. And if you could do that, the playmakers IU brought in, your offense is going to be, uh, you know, solid. And he has, I think, three years left, including the COVID year, three years left um, to play. So, you know, it's not a one and done type uh, portal get. I, I like it. I think he'll compete for the job. But also my requisite for coming in was you need a guy who's going to, one, going to add depth, two, has experience, and three, is pretty good. And I think he checks all three boxes um, for that, especially you're going to have Tuttle graduate after this year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think him and McCully really – could be a nice one-two punch at the quarterback position for the next couple of years to get it before you get a guy in the 2023 class to, to bring him up uh, and things like that. So I, I, I like this transfer. I think it, it helps the offense a lot. Uh, We'll see. Time will tell uh, as well. So as, as we see, as we saw last year, time's going to tell, but I think he has the tools to, you know, help revamp this offense and things like that. What's your take on on Connor Basilic?
0: Well, I mean, it it was always going to be a a difficult proposition to find somebody that was going to be, you know, slam dunk, everybody's happy. Um, You look at the names that were even remote possibilities. Uh, I think you had Cam Ward, who ends up going to Washington State. Um, you've got uh, Calzada, who goes to Auburn. He was scheduled to visit IU, but, you know, commits to Auburn after visiting there. Understandable. And you've got Connor Basilac. Those were kind of the three that were even floated out as possibilities. So you can, you can kind of quibble between – calzada and basilak as far as who you would prefer but i i don't think that iu necessarily had a choice between the two i i think it was hey basilak is is on campus he's visiting we like him he wants to commit boom there we go um so i i i'm not sure who you could have gotten that was going to please the masses and that's that's fine it doesn't matter uh what matters is who is going to be leading this team under center in 2022. I think Basilak probably enters spring ball as the favorite uh, to win that job. Um, I think it is very possible that Jack Tuttle gets healthy, picks up the system better than Basilak does. You know, it's going to be a new system for both of them, Uh, picks up the system better than Basilak does and beats him out. That's possible. However, I think if basilac is healthy, I think he's my odds-on favorite to be the starter at the beginning of the year. The wild card, of course, is Donovan McCauley. He's got the best physical tools of this group, and it, it's possible that he progresses enough, picks up this system very quickly, gels with it for whatever reason, and, you know, it's, too difficult to deny those physical tools, and he becomes the guy. Um, I think the one thing that, that we really need to see from Basilac is, is his knee healthy? Because I think that hindered a lot of his performance in 2021. Uh, he hurt that knee at the end of 2020, and it really hampered him throughout the year in 21, particularly his mobility in the pocket and his confidence in the pocket. Um, You look at his performance in 2020, he had some games that were really, really good. Um, I mean, you're looking at 34-51, 294, four touchdowns against Kentucky, Uh, 346 with three touchdowns against Southeast Missouri, Um, 303 yards on 30 completions at Boston College, 22 for 28 against Vanderbilt. Um, A lot of efficient, like you said, Good accuracy. What what could cause this to not work out very well? Number one, his legs are not really a threat. He can pick up some yardage with his legs if the defense totally forgets about him and there's a wide open lane. He's not a statue. You know, he can stay mobile in the pocket uh, and evade pressure in the pocket. Again, if his legs healthy, he can do that. And that's a big plus, but his legs are not going to be a weapon. And with IU's offensive line, if there's not progression there, uh, that's a problem. Um, The second issue, not the best deep ball, at least that we've seen. And you brought up a good point. This guy has three years left. There's a lot of growth that's potentially left there for him. Um, It's not – Mike, he's coming in as a, a one-year guy, and this is who we got. Um, you know The, the product that, that was there in 2021 from him is the exact same it's going to be in 2022. We don't know which one of these guys is going to you know, get the Walt Bell system the best. We don't know which one of them is going to be healthy. I think it was critical that IU got a guy that has started before and that the coaches will feel comfortable running the offense with him out there um he's going to be here for the spring that's a big deal and a, yep. a, you know a necessity as well so I, I it makes a lot of sense and it's a player the uh, basil a player that i don't think he's a guy that you pick up and has opposing defenses quaking in their boots you know we want to be realistic about this that's not the case however I think he is very capable of leading a winning team as the quarterback. And with the pieces that IU has brought in to put around him and the speed that IU has brought in to put around him, I think the offense can be very successful with Connor Bazelak as quarterback. And so from that standpoint, you have to look at it as mission accomplished. Uh, They might still be pursuing high school quarterback options, there's not a whole lot out there. And I would say that if there's not a slam dunk guy that you're really in love with, it does make more sense from the outsider standpoint to just take these four as your quarterback room, plus walk on in Grant Grimmel as the fifth, keep that as your quarterback room, hope they can stay healthier than they did last year. Uh, and, and really aggressively go after somebody you do love in 2023. But, uh, as you know as they say we're not coaches so that's going to be up to them but
1: um,
0: I think mission accomplished on the on the quarterback standpoint on the portal side and probably the best we could realistically have hoped for really
1: yeah uh, that's uh, you know my thoughts exactly and um you know we'll we'll, we'll see <clears throat> excuse me on the uh, defensive side of the ball, IU picks up two more linebackers in Miles Jackson and Jared Casey uh, to kind of rebuild up that um, that linebackers room. Uh, another point, TJ, you said Basilex coming in early. IU will have 19 early enrollees this year, and I think that's that's huge uh, in terms of trying to turn this uh, this thing around again. Um, having 19 new players, uh, nine high school players and, and 10, the 10 transfers so far uh, is huge. That's almost the 10th of, uh, you know, that's over a 10th of your roster is coming in for spring. Uh, so it should make for a very exciting spring. Uh, take us through the linebackers. Uh, you know, these are athletic guys coming in, um, in, in Jackson and, and Casey Jackson, uh, they don't have their transfer ratings up there, but Casey was a four-star, uh, four-star recruit coming out of the Louisville area out of high school, and Miles Jackson uh, was a mid-to-high three-star uh, edge rusher coming out of high school as well. Uh, Jackson's going to play the Bull. Um, he's out of uh, – I think it's, it's Hoshan uh Georgia uh, Mill Creek there he is going to be a red shirt sophomore so he has multiple years left as well um, i think he gives iu a little different of a body over at um over at the edge position he's 6'3 248 Jared Casey another 6'3 long guy 232 uh, there he he's a red shirt junior so he has a couple years left um, just take us through both of them. Start with, uh, Miles Jackson.
0: Well, Miles Jackson, a, a player that I think you mentioned a different body type than what IU has at that bull spot. Um, and that's something that we've noticed, uh, kind of a shift. They are looking when we, you know, you may have, if you've been paying attention, may have noticed, oh, he's going to play the bowl. We we've said that about quite a few players that IU's brought in here recently. And that's because IU wants positional uh, flexibility and lineup flexibility from that position. You know, we cannot point to one specific body type and say, that's what IU wants at the bulb spot. Uh, they are looking for different body types, different player types to fit there to give themselves flexibility. Um, that's something that I, I think KC Teagarden and, and I would assume Tom Allen, you know, definitely both want Teagarden in charge of that, that spot. Um, so Miles Jackson, a player that, uh, you know, was highly thought of at UCLA, Chip Kelly spoke very highly of him when he announced he was transferring. Uh, they were bummed out about it, but definitely understood he was hurt, uh, which kind of dropped him down because when he was out. A couple of guys performed quite well, and it was hard for for Jackson to get back into that lineup. Uh, But, you know, he's got some good physical tools that I think are going to help. Jared Casey, uh, I thought this was a very, very big pickup because, you mentioned this, he's got multiple years remaining, and that's one of the things that I think IU has done a really good job of in this portal. They've gotten some guys that are one-year players that are going to help. Uh, J.H. Tevis. I think he's probably – I mean, look, he'll he'll be in line to start on the defensive line. I I would – I don't know if he's going to start for sure, but he'll be in line for that. That's a big addition. It's a one-year guy. Sean Shivers, that is a player that you are absolutely going to have in the mix at running back, at, you know, slot receiver. You're going to put him on the field to make plays. That's a one-year guy. Bradley Jennings, Jr., Brought him in at linebacker, veteran presence. He played a ton for Miami. He's going to be in the linebacker rotation. Is he going to start? Who knows? But he's going to be in that rotation, going to get playing time. That's a one-year guy. But a lot of these other guys that you brought in are multi-year players. they still got multiple years left. You hope have lots of growth and potential left. Uh, and i think that's a really big deal and a nice job by the staff to get players like that Uh, they're not just one year rentals if you will they are players that you hope are going to come into your program get a chance to to play a different role play a bigger role uh or just you know be in a, a different setting and hopefully a better culture for them than where they came from and grow within your program and contribute in 2022 of course you don't bring him in expecting him not to but also in the future as well and I balance those classes out um and I think Jared Casey is a player that a little bit of a a bigger linebacker at 6'3 232 um I think that he has ability to play both spots Uh, But it it does seem like he might be a little bit better suited um, to line up, you know, maybe next to a Cam Jones instead of, uh, you know, taking a Cam Jones's place. But um, I I think that they're both very good additions, not just for this year, but I think that that multi-year eligibility they've got left is really a big deal.
1: Yeah. It is, and and it's gonna again. They're both in for spring. It's gonna rebuild that back that room. Uh, you know, I hope Camp Jones is back too. He hasn't officially announced it that I've seen, but right. um, you know, it, it. You need you need linebacker depth, and that's something that IU, yeah. I you I think. Charlotte Warren didn't do a good job of was playing the depth. And you saw guys, you saw guys leave. Uh, you saw Ty Wise leave. You saw DK Bonham leave. And they were solid players. Uh, so James maybe Hill. James Miller, another guy um, who left as well. So it's, uh, it's not, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just it, it, we'll at- see.
0: Look at the guys that are brought in here. Just on the uh, on the transfer side up front, you've got Patrick Lucas, Ladarius Cox, both from Ole Miss. You've got JH Tevis, all pack 10 guy uh, from Cal, and then Miles Jackson on at the at the bull. That's just the the transfers that were brought in. Yeah. Um, you're also bringing in Isaiah Jones at linebacker. Um, and Caden Turner at linebacker, and then up front, bringing in Richard Thomas. Uh, let's see if I've got. I know I'm missing somebody. Oh, uh, Vincent Snead and Dominique James. So I mean, that's that's a lot of talent being added to that front seven. Um, I or front six, depending on your your formation. But I I think that there was definitely a recognition that that group did not do enough despite the superlative performance from mike mcfadden and a really good year from cam jones that group overall just didn't get the job done in 2021 it it was not good enough and it's an area that tom allen uh, takes pride in and knows that they've got to be tougher there and they brought in in the transfer portal and in the high school class a number of players that they're going to expect to make early impacts um i think that the focus just on that front six uh, it's going to pay off hopefully right away because um, there's some players here that i, I think um, can make a big difference you know i heard um todd blackledge was on i uh, some radio show or TV show or something, previewing the George Alabama game, and, uh, you know, one of the things he said was that when you look on the screen, you're going to see a bunch of grown men with big old legs and big old asses that can move like they are the best athletes out there. And I'm not suggesting that I use got those guys, but I do think they have upped their level of athlete and size and player with this incoming group over what they had a year ago. Uh, whether that pays off on the field, we're going to see.
1: Yeah. And uh, speaking of on the field, TJ, there might be some news coming down the pipe on Wednesday, um, January 12th with a, I think rumors that there's a revised Big Ten schedule coming out uh, for the football season. Uh, if there, there's a thing on the Peaks board that the season tickets, uh, that looks like uh, the opener against Northwestern has been switched and it will be Illinois instead. Um, I, I don't know if the road schedule is the same or different on that so um we'll see uh keep uh, keep your ear to the ground tomorrow uh and things like that I I I mean it's it's better than getting Wisconsin but um you know yeah. it's definitely uh different I think if it is if that is the change uh it is because as we've mentioned before Northwestern is opening the season uh in Dublin in week 0 against nebraska and they like to have some space between uh that open week uh second open week after that trip so people could come back and get back uh on their time zone and things like that so uh we shall see um so anyway tj that does it for tonight's show thank you for joining us uh we're sorry that matt weaver couldn't uh join us today but we'll have him on again soon he's always uh, up for a podcast as well so um thanks
0: yeah thank you everybody for listening uh, as always that our your your support means a lot to us and uh we we do appreciate it so uh who's your huddle is going to keep putting up stuff we'll have um whatever this revised big 10 schedule is we'll react to that uh and get an article up on it and then I would assume defensive line coach uh, hire will be made at some point in the near future. And we'll discuss that as well. So until next time we do appreciate it and uh, stay safe, everybody.
1: All right. That does it for tonight's podcast. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier huddle at Hoosier underscore huddle uh, for all the IU news as well. We'll continue our state of the rooms. Uh, As well, that series, uh, it's been fun to write and fun to uh, read as well. We were just waiting for some dominoes to drop there to continue that. uh, And they have, so we will continue that here in the next couple weeks. And then we have spring ball starting uh, in mid-March. We'll preview that, take you through that as well. Um, So, and then before you know it, it will be time for the countdown to kick off and through to the summer. So uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the uh, first day of the official off season of college football in 2022. Uh, There's gonna be still so much news coming out. Spring football is gonna be exciting. So stay with us, Uh, enjoy uh, the non-football time as well. Thank you. This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.